The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, there's trouble. There's trouble in Golden State with our dubs and Dan. Those fans just aren't ready to accept the truth about Jordan Poole. So we talk about that. I have some things I need to say, things I I might have over over said last night in haste and in, in pain as the Golden State Warriors cost me golden. Well, Jordan Poole cost me probably close to five hundred dollars with not winning. No, not close to that exactly that amount. And so we talk about him, and we talk about Draymond Green and the lost tapes of his podcast in the wake of punching Jordan Poole in said face, which we now know there was an episode recorded that he did not publish. Uh yeah. There is also an epidemic that is sweeping the NBA. And we check in on the official Timberwolves spokesperson, the PR rep, as it were, Austin Rivers. I also bitch about the all-star voting because, I mean, I think it's terrible. All right, I'm headed out to Sacramento, Nick, to see the Kings place LeBron James. So drop that generic-ass beat. Oh, Dubs fans. Dubs fans, we're a fickle bunch, aren't we? If you criticize the Warriors even a little, no matter how legitimate those criticisms are, you could be in the DMs with the most rabid Dubs fan, and they know what's up. They tell you, yeah, all all the homies hate Jordan Poole right now. They say that. But if you say that on social media, one, you're a hater, two, you don't want to let this young man develop, uh, and three, they'll try to kick you off the Warriors fan bus. That's, that's what makes the dubs our dubs, you know? You can't say a peep, cannot say one peep in the moment when people are legitimately fucking up and losing games as a result of those fuck-ups. And 
and in my case, they'll just tell you go back to the kitchen. You're not even a true Dubs fan. There was 71 quote tweets. None of them were good on my Jordan Poole tweet last night. They were all some version of who are you? Why do I see you on my timeline? But I, th- I think we do need to kind of talk about our dubs a little bit. I mean, six and four without Steph is fine. That's much better than I thought. I thought it was this team would go three and seven. But but our dubs losing to the Pistons twice? Twice. The Pistons. The Pistons has check notes. 11 wins on the season. Two of those wins are against y'all, right? Two of those 11 are against over 20% of those wins are against y'all. You lost to the Pacers twice as well. I like the Pacers, but come on now. You lost to the Magic. I mean, these are the doldrums of the NBA that you should be feasting on. Just sinking your teeth into to get easy wins. Fatten up so that when you see the Miami Heat away or you see the New York Knicks away or whoever, you can say, look, we're good. We've just been destroying teams like the Pacers, the Magic, and the Pistons. So, okay, I have to admit, I had a lot of money riding on this Warriors win. So when I got home, I did not go to bed. I did not watch the highlights. I did not I did not look on my phone while I was watching the game, which may sound inconceivable to some. I was locked in to every possession of that Warriors game. And I tell you what, there's nothing like the hate that you experience for Jordan Poole when your money and your livelihood depends on him not making bad decisions. Because he made a lot of them last night. And he made a lot of them against the Hawks. He made a lot of them against the Blazers. These are three games straight where the decision-making quality has been bananas. Like bananas. Exhibit A was last night. Everybody just wants to be sunshine and rainbows. They just want me to say, oh, it's going to be. The only thing you can ever say about the Dubs when they're losing is it's going to be fine. That's the only thing you can say it's going to be fine because it always is fine. And that's what they want to hear when things go bad. But here is the reality of the situation. And I do think things will be fine because it's always fine with the Warriors. But we have a Jordan Poole problem, folks. Nobody wants to admit it. And yes, will he grow? Will he evolve? Will he develop? Did Steph have problems like Jordan Poole where he was turning the ball over? Did Clay have problems where he was making? Sure, none of that right now is relevant at all. We're talking about criticizing the here and the now, okay? Like, what do I see? What is happening? What does it mean? What are the consequences of what I see, right? We're not, we're not putting our crystal ball on. That's not what this job is. This man has a lot of offensive responsibility, as we know. But the issue for my guy, Jordan Poole, JP, for whatever reason that nobody wants to talk about, is the turnovers. The turnovers. There's other ones, too. I mean, chucking just randomly. You know how much I love a heat check. Yeah, I mean, it's the name of the pot. 
But Jordan Poole will heat check when he's ice cold and contested and defenders draped around him early on in the shot clock. But right now what we're talking about is turnovers, which, by the way, Jordan Poole does more than anyone in the NBA. <gasps> you didn't think you didn't think that was true? Yeah, more than any human being playing in the NBA right now, Jordan Poole, worse than Trey Young. That is insane. I know he's got to be aggressive. I know the ball's got to be in his hand. I know he has to get into traffic. He's got to get, you know, into a place where there's lots of bodies around trying to poke the ball loose. But sometimes he's just throwing it to the other team on his own self. No no issues. He's making boneheaded mistakes in the crunch time, down the stretch, when you're down by one, when you have the Warriors just to win and you watch Jordan Poole, it's like having a heart attack every possession. I tell you what, it is nothing like it. And maybe I wouldn't notice these things if, if the last leg of a six-leg parlay wasn't on the line. But it was, and I'm focused now, and it's okay to admit it. It's okay, Draymond. It's okay, Steve Kerr. It's okay, Clay. It's okay, anyone that's rooting for the dubs. Jordan Poole right now is a flamethrower who makes some costly mistakes down the stretch. It's okay. It's okay to admit that it loses you games. It's okay to say on one hand he keeps us in games because he scores like crazy, but we don't know when he's going to fuck up. And all I want from a player is to know what he's going to be. Anthony Slater tweeted this out today. Jordan Poole has committed a dribbling turnover in the final minute of regulation in three straight tight games. Yeah. He's, it finally cost the Warriors in a loss against the Pistons. The only reason that this hasn't been written about with the Hawks or the Blazers is they won those games. Draymond Green had to make a three-point shot in order to beat the Hawks. Are you Are you joking me? What kind of world are we living in? And we're just going to let that slide? We had to have a Draymond Green prayer to get this dub? Folks, folks, Jordan Poole is averaging 5.1 turnovers per game since Steph left. He had six last night alone. Six. This man, Jordan Poole, had 52 turnovers in the 10 games that Steph has missed, and that is the most in the league. C.J. Holmes, a Warriors writer, points this out. This isn't a recent issue. Poole had an NBA-high 135 turnovers entering play Wednesday and was eighth in turnovers per game at 3.6. This is a man who comes off the bench, too. We're not talking about this stretch where he's playing without Steph. Jordan Poole is committing 3.6 turnovers per game, period, off the bench. Poole has committed seven turnovers in clutch time, defined as the final five minutes of the game in which the scoring margin is no more than five points. I'd say pretty critical time to take care of the basketball, but make that eight now with six seconds left, down one last night. It was, I don't even know what to say. He gave it to Clay. Good job. Clay gives it back. And you say, oh, no. He drives right down, I don't even remember against who, Alec Burks. It was Alec Burks. Dribbles the ball off his feet, trips over himself, throws the ball out of bounds, and you are now fucked. Fucked. 
thank God somehow Clay ended up making an insane three-point shot with almost no seconds to go, leaving you with one second. And all of a sudden, you don't defend Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey, with one second left, shoots three in your eyeball. Night, night, sleep mask. I looked at my phone to say overtime. I was just texting someone to say overtime. Shame on me. Because I looked up, and my jaw dropped because it said final. What? This is an issue. And it's not just an issue because the Warriors are paying him $30 million a year. It's, it's an issue because this team wants to win now, and they don't have the patience to wait for him to catch up and evolve and develop like Steph did. Do you know the difference between Jordan Poole and Steph Curry? There was no expectation to win a fucking thing when Steph Curry came into the league. None. Zero. Absolutely none. We had Monte Ellis. That's the one. Monte Ellis. Sometimes I want to say Monte Morris because he's the one playing right now. He was in there. There was multiple guards playing for the Warriors at that point in time where you didn't need Steph to be the guy at that moment, just like they don't need Poole to be the guy at this moment. But listen, Steph's not there. You need to win. Joe Lacob is breathing down your necks, saying that he will shed salary if this team is not a contender. They need to win now. They need to protect the ball, especially in crunch time. Every one of these wins is going to be precious. Let's break down a couple of the recent games. Against the Hawks, Jordan Poole was 11 for 31, 2 for 12 from 3, 17 misses from the left side of the court, including three corner threes, open ones too, not contested ones, open ones. Oh, by the way, really quickly, he shot a corner three last night and did the staff thing where he turns before it goes in. It did not go in. It barely hit the fucking rim. So, like, it's okay to be 11 for 31 if you're the central hub of the offense. Sometimes you shoot poorly. He did end up with 28 points. But you can't have six turnovers if you're not shooting well. You have to figure out a way to do your best Jalen Brunson impression. That's just what it is. Here's what he did in crunch time. He turned the ball over with 12.1 seconds left, down two in regulation. Then he had a three-pointer blocked by Murray. That, that went straight to Dante, who tied the game with a three. So that's the reason that they were able to go to overtime. He misses a pull-up three with 40 seconds left in OT, up one. They end up winning that game. It doesn't always work like that, as we saw against the Pistons. A critical turnover in the last four seconds of the Jazz game cost them a win. That also wiped out and washed out an elite scoring performance. Last night, he was taking terrible threes. Early on in the shot clock, you've got multiple guys who can you can facilitate it to, move the ball around. You can't just take a 30-foot step back three. Just terrible. Steph was visibly mad at that turnover. But then Clay, of course, is Clay and says some nice things to give Jordan Poole an out and make him feel better about himself. Because what are you going to do if you're his teammate right now? You're not going to make him feel worse, are you? You're not going to make him feel uh, less confident about this performance and him as a human being and as a basketball player? Of course not, because you want him to continue to produce. But this is what he said. I told him in the locker room that there's a reason that I threw him the ball, because he's like that. He's a clutch player. He's a shot creator. 
We would have not been on this win streak without him. I know that. I mean, shoot. We all go through these lapses throughout our career. I remember missing two free throws against the Nuggets in my second year and just leaving the arena in my uniform. So it's like, we all got to go through it. Steph went through it. Jordan, we're going to continue to trust him with the ball in his hands because he's the engine that makes us go. But it's not the missed shots. It's not. It's the, it's the turnovers. It's the troubling, troubling turnovers. Are they going to have buyer's regret on Jordan Poole and extending him for that much money so soon? Probably not. But listen, I understand. You're going to have to pay $450 million next year. If you keep them all, what are you going to do? The longer it remains an issue, who knows? Maybe a trade happens. Maybe our dubs struggle and continue to struggle. At the end of the day, we know Steph will pull them out, figure out a way to get into the play-in or the playoffs and make a run. That's what they do. We are the evil empire. But the longer they struggle, the less likely Lakeup will want to continue to carry this enormous, enormous peril. So don't hate me. I'm just pointing out what I see from Jordan Poole right now. Like him. Think he's a good player. Please don't call me a hater. The end. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We finally got a podcast from Draymond Green. It's been months. Well, a lot of months. But it uh, happens to not be the podcast that everyone was hoping for. The one that we've been waiting with bated breath to listen to. What we wanted was Draymond Green right after he punched Jordan Poole. I want him directly from the practice facility to his computer. (laughs) And I want him to record why he did it. What happened. What was the circumstances around it? What's going to happen next? He recorded it right after the incident, but he decided not to release it. So listen to this in terms of why. That also coincided with uh, what we all know the incident to be at the beginning of the season with myself and a teammate, um, Jordan. And... Quite frankly, if I'm being 100% honest, Jackson and I, we recorded an episode um, right after. And I know everyone was looking for it. Everyone wanted to hear it. And quite frankly, I wanted to allow you the chance to hear what I had to say. I wanted to allow you the chance to kind of take a a trip in my mind and just maybe understand more. 
And when we recorded the episode, I hated the way I sounded. Um, and so we simply just didn't release it. I didn't like my tone. I didn't like the things I said. I didn't like the way it came out. I didn't like um, it almost, if you're not careful, it almost comes off as unremor unremorseful and distasteful. 100% distasteful, but also um, fast. And what do I mean by fast? Quite frankly, I'm not big into saying things or doing things and then running to my show because it's going to get more ratings. Like, I, I don't really like that game. That's the old media. I, I don't play that game. I don't, I'm, I'm not very interested in that. I think there's a time to speak. And you know, if the opportunity is there, I'm going to speak. I'm never going to shy away from a topic. But the thing that I had to take into consideration with that is, number one, someone else was affected. And not only one person was affected, but multiple people. Tons of, I mean, however many you want, whatever word you want to use to describe the amount of people, people were affected. And so it wasn't something that just affected me. And so when you do something that affects someone else, you can't just take yourself into consideration, how you may feel, how it may benefit you, all of those things. So, back up. So, Draymond recorded a podcast right after punching Jordan Poole. He was about to put it out. Did not like the tone of it. Didn't like what he said, how it came off, and felt that it was 100% distasteful. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I want to hear it even more now. <laughs> I think this is my new white whale of content. I must. One time I looked for a, a record, you know, worked for, looked for it for months and months and months. Finally found it. Jazz record. And now I need to find the lost tapes of Draymond Green. I must. I have to. I am 100% sure that at some point we will get a bootleg copy from Jackson, most likely, selling it on eBay. And there will probably be an NFT attached to it. And we'll be passing them back and forth at Summer League like the mixtapes back in the day. Like, this is the new lost tapes of Draymond Green. Like, we need, we need to know what he said. I can tell it's like, Listen, I'm not trying to place blame on Jordan in any way because that would be horrible. Uh, that's not me. I have to take responsibility as the grown man that I am. But listen to what he said about me. And you tell me whether you would punch him. And you're like, wait, hold up. You just did that whole preamble to then put us or, hey, you know, there's just some things you just don't say on a practice court to your teammates. And when you step over that line, I just felt in that moment I needed to knock him the fuck out. And you know what? He got knocked the fuck out, and maybe he won't say those things anymore. <laughs> I got to hear what he said. Like, what did he say? How distasteful could we get? Like, would we get a, like, I would do it again. If, I, if he said that to me again, I'd do it again. Did anyone ever ask him that? Hey, if he said those things to you again, would you think you would hit him again? Because I need to know. 
Does anyone have a hookup on this podcast tape? I need it. Like, drop me a note. You can find me anywhere on social. Find me. I don't know if this is an epidemic or if this is a phenomenon. Let's just call it what it is. It's a sickness. It's an epidemic. And we need to address it. It's infected pretty much every team in the NBA. Every star player in the NBA. Even fringe star players in the NBA have caught this. Are you talking about COVID? No. We're talking about scoring. We're talking about lots and lots of scoring. An epidemic in the league, and it's getting out of hand. It is getting to the point where I don't even know this league anymore. I don't even know this version of the NBA anymore. Donovan Mitchell, last to catch it. 71 points for Donovan. He had 11 at halftime. So he was free. It was okay. He seemed fine at halftime. Everything seemed to be shaping up for a good 27, 28-point performance. And then all of a sudden, one of the highest-scoring games of all time, also the highest-scoring regular season performance in Cavs history, which people don't talk about enough. And that came right on the heels of Luka Doncic in his insane 60-point game, which he followed up with a 53-point game two games later. Giannis last night had 55, career high. No one said a word. Why? Why? Because the scoring right now is out of hand. The scoring is so silly. The defense is so bad that nobody even blinks when someone drops 50 anymore. Do you even remember? Do you even remember Devin Booker scoring 58? Do you remember it? No, you probably don't even remember Devin Booker playing for the Phoenix Suns because he's been out with an injury for so long this season. Since December of this year, December, okay? Not the full season, not the calendar year, December, one month. These are the highest scoring games. Donovan Mitchell, 71. Luka, 60. Booker, 58. Anthony Davis, 55. Giannis, 55. Clay. 54. Embiid, 53. Pascal Siakam scored 52 points? Say it ain't so. Luka, 51. Luka, 50. LeBron, 47. Garland, Darius Garland scored 46 points? Giannis, 45. Paul George, 45. That's in the last five weeks. What are we talking about? That's like 20 people. That's that's insane. 20 guys have scored 40 or more this year. 89 games in total. This is scoring at epidemic proportions. We need these guys to start wearing masks. Like, their guys are catching it. It's not just superstars. My man Dennis Schroeder, Put up 32 last night. I I love the NBA. I love scoring. I love buckets. Guys are skilled. I'm not trying to say get off my lawn. This isn't as fun. Blah, blah, blah. But if you're in your 30s, which maybe you're in your 30s and you don't listen to podcasts or maybe you watch the news. I don't know. But if you're like me, you remember when it was hard to drop 50. Doesn't seem hard to drop 50 anymore. Just seems inevitable. When 50 is inevitable, if you're a superstar, nobody's playing no damn defense. 
We have nobody out here strapping anymore. We expect now 40 points nightly from Embiid. Of course. But Jordan Clarkson? I'm getting 40 out of Jordan Clarkson? Do you guys even know where Jordan Clarkson went to school? Do you even know who drafted Jordan Clarkson? Do you even know what teams he's played for so far in the NBA? Did you know he played for Cleveland? Did you know that? Jordan Clarkson is dropping 40, okay? Pascal Siakam, who no one knew before Kawhi got there, and he's a fine player. I like Pascal. He's a, he's a fine player. 52? Is he that guy? Is Pascal that guy to score 52 on someone's head when they're draping the defense around him? No, because they're not draping the defense around him. At least Donovan Mitchell, 71. He was the only man out there. Everyone knew he was going to get the ball. Everyone was exhausted. And he was just better than every guy on that floor. They were double and triple teaming him. That's the kind of 71 I want to see. I don't want to see guys just in a layup line. Just layup, layup, dunk, layup, easy mid-range, layup. What is that? That's, that's literally just me watching practice. Pascal Siakam is not Giannis. He's not Embiid. He should not be putting up half of 100 points against any team, especially the Knicks. Where was Isaiah Hartenstein? Where was Mitchell Robinson? Where was R.J. Barrett? Where was anyone? He scored a career high, and they still lost. The Toronto Raptors still lost. By the way, they're in free fall. We'll get to it at some point. Someone make it make sense. The defensive schemes have had to change so that teams are willing to let guys like Giannis or Luka. They're just basically saying, let the number one guy go off for 50, and we'll see. We'll see. Let Like, just give him everything he wants, and then if he gets 50, who cares? We'll get 110. Luka has lost twice so far this year, scoring 50 points in a game. That strategy apparently is working. There's a combination of things that explains this high degree, this epidemic of scoring. Guys obviously are more skilled. They can score buckets in a bunch of different ways. Three, three different styles. Like, And then you have defenses designed not to worry about one guy, right? Concentrating on stopping the other players. Is this fun? Do you find this fun? I was talking to a friend the other day while having – a nice little chai tea latte out in L.A., and I think he agrees. Is this fun? No, it's not that fun. Does it feel meaningful? No, it does not feel that meaningful. Is it hard to bet? Yeah, you fucking believe it is. I can't tell who's going to score on a night-to-night basis. I love watching Devin Booker go off for 58, but I'm not sure when that happens whether it's even good basketball. And in that game, the Suns won 118-114 over the Pelicans. We all celebrated his game. But he went down four minutes into the next game, and he hasn't played since. So is that good for his health? Is that good for his longevity? That's the issue. Luka's gone insane because the Mavs aren't going to win unless he scores 50. How can anyone do that on a night-to-night basis? They can't. That's the simple answer. And At least they probably can't. Maybe Luka can. But all of this makes it, at the end of the day, impossible to decide who's the MVP. We don't know. If everyone's scoring 70, 
50 points? Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, how do we know? How do we choose? Four players, Luka, Giannis, Embiid, Braun, all averaging 36 points per game. What? If you look back at the league in, like, 2000, and you look at, like, the scoring leaders, like, 30 was a lot. 30 was a lot. There's, like, 25 guys in the NBA scoring 30 on average right now. I had a joke all ready to go about how Adam Silver has juiced the ball in some way to make it go in the hoop. There's a magnetic force inside this ball. He just turns it on with a remote. He's just like, that one's going in. He can just push. He can just push buttons to decide tonight. Tonight, Devin Booker's going off. See how that will go. Tonight, Giannis is going off. Because I think he was jealous of the World Cup. Really. He wants to do anything that he can to make sure that the eyeballs didn't change over the World Cup and the EPL now for the first part of the season. I know this isn't like baseball, but I really need to explore more whether Adam Silver is good for basketball. Everybody thinks he is, upon first glance. I don't know, though. We'll have to, we'll have to look into it and dig into it more. One thing's for sure. For every 50-burger a star and maybe non-stars like Anthony Simons drops, I think Adam Silver smiles, and the ratings do, too. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Quick update on the Timberwolves. Courtesy of, I think he's like now the head of PR for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he's now got that job. He's playing basketball and the head of PR, head of communications, Austin Rivers. He's not really. Last episode, Austin, we talked about it, came out and, and gave his thoughts on you know, why the team sucked, who's responsible. Everyone is at fault, but of course it's Rudy Gobert's fault, of course. As an aside, did you guys see this? Minnesota... Is anybody worse at social media than the Minnesota Timberwolves? Because they've tried to create, like, this buzz around Rudy Gobert, and they've given him a new nickname. What do you think his nickname is? What do you think it is? I immediately said something French, right? Like the like the croissant or something. It will probably be better than this. Gobzilla. G-O-B-Zilla. As in Godzilla with a B. Gob. Like, like, Gak. Like, what? What are we doing here? Gob? Gobzilla? Like, Gobert, I get it. 
like, well, shouldn't it be Gobzilla then? Gobzilla? Probably the worst nickname of all time. Let's be honest. I am I am here for anything that makes Rudy Gobert look worse. So Rudy Gobzilla. What are they gonna say? You got gobsmacked by Gobzilla. What are we, that's so dehumanizing too to call him Godzilla, Gobzilla. Like, listen, I know we don't like Rudy, but if you have to think about calling him something and you're using Godzilla as his nickname. That'd be like calling Carl Anthony Towns Cat Squatch. That's probably their next one instead of Sad Squatch. Cat Squatch. <laughs> I I think it's probably someone like 22 years old, probably making like 450 an hour. They're like just trying to fire off hot tweets. Back to Austin Rivers. That was a total aside. This is what he had to say. Ant Edwards is currently six years away from his prime, and he's already this good. He's a franchise player. He's the guy here, no doubt about it. Pause. Hold up. Austin Rivers, you just started something. You just started some shit. I don't know if you know this, Austin, but your job is to calm things down, not to fire things up. Not Carl Anthony Towns. He's not the guy. Not Gobzilla. Rudy Gobert. He's not the guy. Not D'Lo, who unfollowed the entire Wolves organization on Instagram because he's not getting extended. Ant Edwards. I agree, by the way. Ant Edwards is the man in Minnesota, according to Austin Rivers, and you know what? He's not wrong. Ant is the star, probably the only star that you can count on a night-to-night basis. Did you see what Ant Edwards did to everyone the last three games? He has been insane. They need. I think he played against Portland and was ridiculous. They need to build around him and no one else. Only, only this is the way for Minnesota to break out of its history of underperforming. Only this is the way. He is our Joe Burrow, if you like Minnesota. He is needing to be protected and surrounded by players that bring out the best in him. And everyone else is just a distraction and is just a complication and is just on their way out, really. But what's amazing about all of this is that Austin Rivers is actually speaking about the Wolves' future six years from now. Not five, not seven, six years from now. Is Austin Rivers lobbying to be the head coach or assistant coach of the Wolves six years from now where he can give Aunt Edwards the keys? Because that would be a very political, very Doc Rivers' son kind of thing to do. I cannot hear what else he's going to say. He's going to be talking all year because he's two-way, he's not fully guaranteed, and he's got – the gift of gab. Yeah, I think he's turning into our Olivia Pope from Scandal, like the crisis manager. PR for Austin Rivers. It's about that time again. Happens every year. Is it time to time to bust a rhyme? No. Is it time to make fun of Rudy Gobert? Always. But no, it's NBA fan all-star voting time. So it's the beginning of my annual rant on how much I absolutely hate fan voting. I hate it. I think it's fucking trash. I think it needs to go. Today, Shams dropped the first standings in the NBA fan voting. And it was as dumb as I've ever seen. It was dumber than last year, if it's even possible. Let's look at what it currently looks like now, depth-wise. Western Conference. 
You've got LeBron James in the front court, Jokic front court, AD, Zion, Wiggins, which isn't as crazy as it was last year, honestly. Paul George, Laurie Markkinen, fine. Draymond, Kawhi, Kavon Looney. The guards in the West, Steph Curry, Luka, Jaw, Shea, Clay, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, 8th, Austin Reeves, 9. These are all by votes, by the way. This is a ranking system. Jordan Poole, 10. We've got Russell Westbrook over Damian Lillard? We've got Russell Westbrook over Devin Booker? Listen, I'm not a big fan of Jordan Poole's, as you can see, but Austin Reeves over Jordan Poole? Austin Reeves for All-Star? There's 144,000 people that voted for Austin Reeves. All of them live in L.A. All of them are, own, all of them are probably a bus family member. Let's go to the East. KD, number one, three million votes. Giannis, number two. Joel Embiid, three. Tatum, four. Jimmy Butler, interesting. Very interesting. Pascal Siakam, six. Come on. Come on. Kyle Kuzma? I didn't even see this one. Kyle Kuzma? Number seven, Paolo Bencaro, finally an honest vote. Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton? He's been good. But is he, is he an all-star? And Jared Allen. Number one, this is where it gets funny. Kyrie Irving, number one guard in the East. Kyrie Irving, the one that was suspended, missed time. I know he's going crazy. I know the Nets are winning games. Two million votes for Kyrie Irving. Donovan Mitchell, two. Fair. James Harden, three. Jalen Brown, four. Trey Young? Trey Young? Trey Young's five. Listen, let's just go down the list. We've got LaMelo at seven. Tyrese Halliburton. LaMelo hasn't even played any games. Tyrese Halliburton should be five on this list. He should be five. He should be five. Absolutely. Derrick Rose? That, that's how you know this shit is fucked up. You know? I don't want to cuss that much because I got old people and babies listening to the pot. That's fucked. Derrick Rose? Over Darius Garland? Didn't I just tell you Darius Garland put up 45, 47 twice? Like Darius Garland 10th. The disrespect to put Trey Young, who is largely the most inefficient player in the league right now, is absolutely insane. Braun, of course, running away with this is utterly predictable. That's what he does because he's a global superstar. He's a bigger superstar than Zlatan. Don't let Zlatan fans hear that because they get mad. But putting LeBron James over Jokic, what are we talking about? What are we saying? I like LeBron. He's had a nice, a nice last 10 games. He's been injured too. Jokic has played every fucking game. He's having the most efficient season of his career. He's improved his defense at an all-NBA level. 538 says that he should win the Defensive Player of the Year. We got Anthony Day-to-Day Davis is third? 
What are we doing? What are we doing? Why? He's missed weeks of time. No one knows when he's coming back. Five of the ten forwards in the West have missed significant time. Lori Markinen has not missed time. He has balled out. He's seventh. The question, though, that I have is where the fuck is DeMontis Sabonis? Where is he? What has he been doing, you might think, because you're not a Kings fan? What is DeMontis Sabonis doing this season? Okay, he's averaging 19, 13, and 7. 19, 13, and 7. He's playing with a broken thumb and not missed a game. Anthony Davis would never, never. Guard-wise, why is Austin Reeves on this list, like I said? Ant Edwards didn't even make the list. Oh, my God, this list is trash. Fans are terrible. You can just see it. Bad little market teams like Sacramento, Minnesota, no shine. Big markets like Atlanta, like L.A. I don't know why. I don't even know the explanation for Kyle Kuzma. Former Lakers get to just make this list now, too? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Kyle Kuzma, he's had a fine year. But let's be honest, he's on a trash team, Wizards. Bradley Beal's been out pretty much indefinitely. He just he just made a had a hamstring strain. What are we doing? Kyle Kuzma over Paolo? No. No. Just no. Trey Young over Tyrese Halliburton? Trey Young is shooting 41% from the field this year. Period. Not from three. He's shooting 31% from three, and that's up since in the last month. He was at 29%. That's bottom five for high-volume shooting in the entire NBA. Derrick Rose over Darius Garland. Take this fan vote away. Take it away. They don't deserve it. They don't know how to use this power. we got randoms coming up, playing in the All-Star game, and it affects their checks. It affects their confidence. It affects how people around the league see them. This is enough. This is fucked up. This is terrible. You're not qualified to have a vote. If you're putting Austin Reeves on there, you don't get a vote. You don't get one. Derrick Rose, you don't get a vote. 220,000 people voted for Derrick Rose. Are you serious? And I know it's like Amex points. They're like, today you win five votes if you vote for someone for the All-Star game, which is also crazy. One fan, one vote. You don't get extra votes. It's not like today's a special day. Uh, If you buy gas, you get triple the points. You buy a plane ticket on American Airlines with Amex, you get 5x the points. No, you vote for Derrick Rose, you get one vote. I bet all of his votes came on like triple points day. This is insane. Believe me, I will talk about this every year going forward. I get more enraged year by year. I'm like trying to chill out, but these things, they do not make it easy to chill out. Speaking of which, we got to chill out. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. We'll be back. Monday afternoon with an all-new episode, which means Tuesday morning for you. Check out the feed. We've got other episodes. We've got interviews, little mini-episodes that come out. Follow the Heat Check as well on social. I'm getting absolutely cooked uh, regarding my Jordan pool take. People are telling me to get back to the kitchen, get into the comment section. Protect me, fans. Don't forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends and follow us, like I said, on social at this Heat Check and Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all that. See you next time.